Baggies fans, welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast sponsored by the Kettle and Toaster Man. My name is Johnny Drew and I am alongside, I am pleased to say tonight, with the Albion correspondent for the Express and Star, Lewis Cox. We're on a on on tour, you could say, Cox. We've taken <laughs> it on the road a few times this season. We're back on the road again. We're uh, we're sat in a in a travel lodge off the M4 in Cardiff. Um, rock this and, is top glamour. Rock and roll oh. podcast, and I'm sure the top podcasts in the uh, in the country don't get glamour like this. But we've just watched, or a few hours ago, watched Albion beat Cardiff by one goal to nil. They're current, as we record this. And as this podcast is going out, they're currently third in the championship table. So we'll be talking all about Cardiff. We'll be answering all your questions in this late night podcast tonight. Coxie, as we said, rock and roll. How are you, mate? Yeah. Thawed out now? It's um, a pretty cold one tonight. Well, we're, uh, as we speak, two minutes from midnight. So living the dream, aren't we? I mean, we were living the dream in the Cardiff City Stadium. Let's, let's not lie. What, what a night, really. I mean, this is a yeah, this is a rather unfortunate footnote, isn't it, to be, uh, to be spending... <laughs> Uh, anyone who's been to the, um, I shouldn't really say this, I don't suppose, but I because I'm very grateful for the record, very grateful. Uh, but anyone who's been to the travel lodge and the M4 services, um, yeah, I don't think I need to say anymore, do I? Yeah. But no, it's fine. It's, 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 it's fine. It's um, you know, we've got a Burger King and a Greg's right around the corner, haven't we? So, That's all you need. Um, uh, yeah, thawed out, Christ, yeah. It's we're into, we're into very cold territory, aren't we? Um, but what a night. I mean, it, it was a night. All cliches aside, to to warm the cockles, wasn't it? It was a night to warm us all up and a result to warm us all up. Um, you know, we've had an interesting week, haven't we? Even you know, even at just this midpoint of the week with the loan news yesterday. But um, Albion and you know, Corbrand's Albion march on, don't they? You know, third in the championship, the the run of five and six, given the teams they're facing at the minute. Yeah, pretty amazing. And um, challenges keep rolling uh, in in terms of the football with Leicester on Saturday, of course, but. Yeah, Albion uh, confidence has to be sky high at the moment, doesn't it? And what a result! What a result it was! What you know, what a goal it was! What a moment! What a what a resolute workman like controlled display all round. So yeah, good night, and uh, we're rounding it off in style here, aren't we? In fine style indeed. We're going to talk about everything from uh, the Cardiff game, the Cardiff win. As we said, Albion now up to third. You could scarcely believe that a few months ago. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the uh, the MSD loan and and. and not really add an awful lot from what we said yesterday because um, there isn't an awful lot to add but we're going to talk about that we've got a question in and we've got a few of your questions and we'll have a little bit of a nod forward towards Leicester as well but as we're in Cardiff Coxie still we'll uh, we'll talk about that a fantastic win we looked at this sort of mini run of games didn't we and and, and myself and, and, and you and, uh, and and a few other colleagues were were talking about this run that Albion have got Ipswich, Cardiff Leicester I think if Albion probably would have taken five points from the three games, or even f- some saying even four points from the three games, yeah. that would have been a, a fantastic return. But as it as it stands, we're we're halfway through this sort of three game week, and and Albion have got six points in the bag. It's a it's a massive achievement, isn't it? Yeah, seven would have been an exceptional return. I think from from a possible nine, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, it, pro- it probably felt like nine from nine was unthinkable, really, but. Possible, amazingly. Well, you can't and, write them off at the moment, especially at home. Yeah, who'd put it past the, you know, I'd, Leicester, best side in the division, aren't they? League table says that. Goals against record and, and all of the stars in their side down from the Prem. But um, you wouldn't bet against Arvin on Saturday, I don't think, at the Hawthorns. Um, I fancy them against anyone at the Hawthorns under Corbrand, quite frankly. And got their act together on the road as well, haven't they? And yeah, what, what a return. I mean, to be honest, it goes back before the break doesn't it you know we all know about Southampton the challenge that was and it was a harsh result wasn't it I mean you're thinking you know you're thinking wow imagine if they took the deserved point that day or even better and you know Hull before that was a challenge wasn't it all were, were flying and having a good time of it themselves you know before that as the win at Coventry and just on a, a mammoth run at the minute it's five wins in six it's seven in ten um, and they're just not conceding are they they're they're as we speak, Albion have a better clean sheet record than Leicester. I mean, you know, the Leicester might bring it back level tomorrow. Leicester play Wednesday night up at Sheffield. Wednesday, you'd expect them to win that, wouldn't you? But, um, yeah, out, outrageous form. Um, we can but hope it continues and have confidence, I think, that it can continue. Um, it it does, I don't know, evoke memories of Albion and Corbin last Christmas, maybe? Just, you know, leading into Christmas. That run either side, yeah, wasn't it? Um, that run kind of got Albion from what the drop zone to 
I don't know, this, the, the fringes of the playoffs. And I think back then, you know, going into Jan, mid-Jan, we all thought, well, this is going to continue and Albion are going to finish in the playoffs. And obviously, for many reasons, it, it didn't. But it feels like, oh, I don't know, Corbrand's Albion have come away since then. And you've kind of got more faith and confidence in them now, I think. And more squad, you know, I say a deeper squad, but they added... Sarmiento and Madra in the summer, didn't they? And they're both getting there. A lot to say about Sarmiento tonight, obviously. Um, but look at this. Look at the, all right. Take the Wallace injury. You know, granted, yes, we'll get onto that, and that's a blow. Hopefully, it's not too bad. We're not sure yet. But look at the team sheet tonight. Look at the bench. Look what they were able to do. And uh, yeah, Ipswich were overawed and made to look very ordinary tonight. And thought Albion just controlled Cardiff tonight on their own patch. Really impressive. Yeah, really impressive indeed. You know, we'll, we we spoke a little bit in the the video that we've just done earlier. We've obviously got to wait to see the outcome of Jed Wallace's um, shoulder shoulder injury. But Coxie, he was played down the middle. Um, we can say yesterday now because it's just gone past midnight. Oh yes. Um, he played down the middle yesterday, and you know, I I posted on social media before the game saying it was a little bit of a shock. Some fans sort of pointed to the fact that Carlos has done that a couple of times now, certainly away from home. Um, so maybe it wasn't too much of a surprise after all. Yeah, no. Um, I think there's a, maybe a couple, at least one surprise in the team news, I think, wasn't there? Um, John Swift named among the starters for the first time since his injury, as was Sarmiento. And I think Swift's just got the quality you expect him to come back in, I think. He's top scorer, isn't he? Probably creator-in-chief in this side. Um I'd wanted to say that they didn't think Swift was quite at it tonight. I mean, it's his first game back as a starter, you know. But I, I actually thought he looked I thought it did sharp. Well. I thought he did well. I did. Albion fans would have seen they've done some player ratings that have gone up a couple of hours ago, and give him a six out of ten. I don't think it was his best display, but I think he showed some real moments yeah, of class just bright. to switch play and, yeah. and just keep Albion ticking. Um, you know, and it, but I don't think anyone was spectacular for Albion, but collectively, yeah. Yeah, performance was there. Yeah, you know, a 1-0 win away from home. If if you give Carlos Corbran a 1-0 win away from home, regardless of the opposition, he'd snap your hand off. I mean, ironically, I was just getting onto at least one start surprise in the starting lineup, and for me it was Sarmiento, you know, the match winner in a 1-0. I think as we drove down here um, earlier in the day, obviously we uh, had the pleasure of being able to check into an overnight stay, but... I don't think if we were discussing the team news as we would have and we were discussing it yesterday and the day before, I don't think I'd have I don't think I'd have picked Sarmiento to start away at Cardiff. You know, just back from injury himself. All right, add what did he have, twenty minutes the other day from the bench. But you know, as he's finding his fitness, getting over injuries, I wouldn't have picked him to start tonight. And his first half was so so, wasn't it? It had his bright moments, hit the post. Um, what a break you know s- screamed of Saturday's counter-attack didn't it great break I thought he was unlucky to hit the post in the end did well to get the shot away but um, at times a bit frustrating in others where the cross didn't quite come off or he maybe picked the wrong option and he can be that type of frustration but ultimately moment of magic because he's got that quality obviously that, that his parent club seeing him that uh, he's so well thought of why he's a full international for Ecuador he's got that quality to win a game like that uh, you know, a magical moment. Yeah, I think we've all come to the conclusion he meant it. I think there's some people that were definitive well, that there he was meant a, it. There was a big debate in going. I don't think you were in there at the time. No, there was a big uh, yeah, debate I going was. on in the in the in the press room um, just before we left the Cardiff City Stadium. Some people saying he meant it, some say he didn't. I think he's meant it because he's taken one touch. He hasn't really looked up, and I think yeah, maybe he's tried to bend it to that far post. But then half of me thinks he has meant it as well because it was such a good strike. Yeah, I, I was less sure than you, and I'd have to study the replays more. I, I, he's been interviewed by the club. I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but I, I don't think he was overly conclusive himself about meaning it. You know, sort of little hints that maybe he didn't. Um, Corbran said to me, you know, he 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 thinks he he meant it and intended it with the in swinger, but yeah, who cares ultimately? I mean, it was nice. I think that from where he he scored from the outside the left of the penalty box, right in front of the away corner. Yeah. Um, that would have been a nice, nice yeah, little scene for what? How many away fans? We weren't given a number, were we? What would you say? Six hundred, seven hundred, maybe. No, I'd probably say more than that, to be honest. Yeah, I'd say more than that, probably. No, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if there were a thousand baggies there, but perhaps so. Um, perhaps so. Uh, but yeah, a, a great moment for those you know hardy souls who made the trip. You know, 
conditions, the time, you know, they're going to be getting back to the black country at God knows what time in the morning, aren't they? And um, rewarded with what a result, quality result. Yeah, I said on the video we did after the game, not as spectacular as Saturday against not as good opposition, but totally different style of performance and win, as, as Corbett said to us after the game, but just as good a result, probably, um, in terms of the achievement of, of victory. So, yeah, it chuffed, really, and just so much momentum and confidence flowing at the moment. And, uh, yes, we'll get on to, sorry, the, the strength and depth and having options back, but I think Sarmiento has just typified it. Um, and, yeah, Wallace going off, being able to bring Asante on, being able to bring Phillips on. Surprise, he was left out, wasn't it? Being able to bring Madger on, um, being able to bring Malombi on, who was good. Fellows, get on to him. Wow, what a... What a player. Well, you said something interesting in the, mm. in the press box about Fellows, Big statement. Didn't you? Big yeah. statement that some yeah. Albion fans will disagree with on Perhaps this. you can drop that in now. I don't want to give it the big build-up, but he was yeah, very, we'll drop it very in that. good I was, I thought he was. I thought he was excellent when he came on. He had the the left-back. The, the, the name evades me, but he had the left-back on absolute toast. He turned him two or three times, and it wasn't just turning him. He got to the byline, and, and I asked a question of this to um, one of the Albion media guys about three or four weeks ago. What footed is Tom Fellows because he goes either way and you saw how he dug across out with his right foot how he can go onto his left foot as well um, I think he did say he was predominantly right footed he is right we could see yeah. that by the by the crosses that he put in tonight and an Albion fan came on the fan show a few weeks ago and likened him to Jason Kumas which I sort of said at the time is a little bit premature given the fact how much I highly rated Kumas and a lot of Albion fans did but I get the similarities but I we were talking in the press box tonight and I said, what in terms of, you know, when when was the last, you know, maybe not pl- academy product that we got so excited about? Because with that, you could say, like a colleague of ours said tonight, Dara O'Shea, but the last attacking... Ferguson maybe when he yeah, broke through and played yeah, 20 games. There's another one, yeah. But in terms of offensively and attacking players, I think you've got to go back to Saida Berahino. Mm. And I'm not putting him at the same level as Saida Berahino just yet. But I think he's as, he's that's what you've got to look at in terms of I can't remember a, a forward player showing that much much excitement and he's really putting a question mark in Carlos Corbran's head now. You know he put a lot of faith in him tonight. I think he, well, he came on sixty four minutes. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a fairly good run out. Almost half, well over half an hour with with added time. But he really rates him and he's delivering. Yeah, and it's yeah. exciting to see as well. Yeah, I mean you guys, it's, it's a no brainer on why you rate him. To be honest, um, I would say. It was a perfect storm for him today, I suppose, in the last half hour, wasn't it? With Cardiff chasing the game, Albin could release him with his pace and directness. And starting a game is a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Which which is which is fair enough, but I don't think he could have looked any better tonight if he tried. I think two or three crosses, as you mentioned, as Corbran mentioned, one of them especially, which just dinked the keeper perfectly. Which, if Thomas Asante probably had, you know, you know, had a. a a bit more of a, a now striker's goal scoring instinct it'd have, it'd have been on the end of maybe but um, superb cross and yeah I, I, it's a big statement regards side oh, it's best part of 10 years ago that now isn't it but di- different positions you know, winger of course, to striker yeah. isn't it so side was obviously went not long after breaking through start you know really getting among the goals and scoring a good number of goals but clearly that's not Fellows' forte or main job but what is his job He's very good at it, isn't he? And um, yeah, I think it's interesting now that, you know, we, as you rightly said, he came on six to five minutes amid a pretty full Albion squad. Yes, Wallace went off and that's a similar position earlier in the game, but he still turned to Fellows. The game in the balance, it wasn't like, oh, let's chuck him on, you know, 2-0 up or 3-0 up with 10 to go or whatever. He was really played a massive role. And of all the subs, all the experienced players coming on, he was a standout. So... Um, Look, I don't think he'll start on Saturday against Leicester, but you know he's very much at the, you know, near the top of the pecking order to be turned to from the bench, in in my opinion, and excellent option. You know, frightened defenders, and Alvin just needs to um, need to get working to tie down that contract. Really, he's he's one uh, out of contract in next summer that really needs to be addressed. You would say, um, gather the club would would uh, try and regards that, but clearly there's a lot. You know, financially going on with the club that makes things like that difficult at the moment and um, you know perhaps hopefully Fellows and his team are, are understanding of that And but I, I'm not surprised he's garnering attention with displays like that he'll only continue to do so but 
what an exciting talent and you know the fans were singing he's one of our own weren't they which was which was great to hear and not that he's come out of nowhere because he played under Val didn't he he started a game under Val and a couple of appearances but um, certainly you know Crawley on loan at Crawley bottom of the football league and then the, the summer he really came out of nowhere and once it became apparent he wouldn't be loaned out he's He's took the ball by the horns, hasn't he? And he's as much a squad option now as any other senior player that isn't in the first eleven. If you get what I mean, if you know whether it's Sarmiento left out or you know, Phillips left out or whoever, Dean Garner started tonight. Um, Fellows is right there with them for me. Yeah, I no, think I think you I think you're absolutely spot on. Just want to go back to the point you were mentioning before, and it's what Carlos Corbran said in his post match interview about you know finding a different way to win mm-hmm. and I think this links back you know if, earlier in the season where there was a few sort of criticisms of, of Carlos and sort of the end of last season when form wasn't fantastic and a lot of people talk about this you know, what's the style what's the identity and they talked about this you know slow build up and stuff but what Albion have showed in recent weeks is that you can't really have one style or one identity they've shown that they can play in a number of different ways you look at the Ipswich performance well you look go back to the Preston performance which was high energy you know basically popped Preston off the park. Ipswich, you know, um, Hull as well were ones where they had to maybe yeah. sit in a little bit more and just not have as much of the ball. I think against Ipswich it was pretty even in the end. But And then tonight they've shown that as an away performance that we haven't seen. We probably saw one or two early in the Val era, but it's probably mm. you've probably got to go back quite a while to see Albion grind out an away performance like that at this level. I, mean, I can't remember under yeah. Bruce and under Val. Obviously, there was at the end of Val and the Bruce reign, the, the performances weren't great. But that performance smacked of something maybe like, you know, Carlos is at QPR last season where they've won one nil and it was a tough, a tough yeah. afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what you need. Yeah, that's why Albion the third, not just because of home wins where they've won two or three mm. or when they've been pressed. And it'll be wins like that that will get them up there. This yeah, week. I mean, shout out to Coverway recently. Probably one, that yeah. that that was. Um, it felt 1-0 up Albion was so in control of the game I thought and I thought Cardiff barely laid a glove on them but every time Albion retrieved the ball and looked forward they got alright Cardiff may have been committing players and you know gone more offensive with their changes and stuff but Albion were a threat and every they, they were in every time weren't they be it fellows down the sides or um, whoever it would have been the other side you know Swift before he went off Grady and um and then Madger and stuff. They, they, it looked like they were getting through and getting to the Cardiff defence every time. So operating on the counter reminds me of Cov that night. They used the counter very well, didn't they? Thomas Sante's goal down there. Um, but you're right. You know, the different way. Polar opposites Saturday to tonight, really. Um, and as I said at the top, I'm in a different way, just as enthused tonight as I was Saturday night, really. Um, I think it shows a lot to pick up a win like that on the road on a grim midweek night against a side who are doing well you know on, on the whole this season while not you know they weren't fluid and flowing and brilliant tonight where they are being but they'd like dug in and um resilient had the game plan workmanlike he's probably just doesn't do them a favor really that that word workmanlike but um controlled for me they were in control with and without the ball certainly Certainly with the ball, I just thought in Okai and, and Moa, um, I said to a colleague, I don't know about Leicester, maybe we'll see on Saturday. Obviously, Leicester have got a great squad, but for for championship midfield pairings, you know, those two, in terms of with the ball, is there a better pairing in the division in terms of, like, dominating, not dominating the ball maybe, but just, like, keeping the ball and being... Which is ironic, because for, what, 30, 40, 45 minutes tonight, I've been... With, Sloppy with yeah. the ball, weren't they? Um, it did take that. You know, it wasn't the brightest first half. Let's be honest. Yeah, just touched um, on that, Cox. I made a number of points in our in our, um, in our live stream and in my play ratings as well because I thought there was a few players who did concede possession. Yeah. really, really cheaply. You know, Albion could have been punished. if Cardiff were a bit sharper. Albion could have been punished because they did. There was a number of unforced errors in possession. First half, yeah, but I, I thought from the fiftieth minute and the goal. I thought Albion were, were great. I thought they handled the lead and just saw the game out. I didn't think they were... You know, last couple of mins, it was a bit tense, wasn't it? As Cardiff flung a, through ball, a few balls in, but there were no chances other than a few shots from distance. Cardiff's only chance of the whole game was something like 10 minutes before the break when Alex Palmer makes that one-on-one save from Josh Bowler. 
um, that's Palmer's only save of the night. You know, they, they weren't troubled at the end. And I just thought from the moment they went ahead, thought they looked ultimately, uh, utterly dominant and in control and uh, unflappable, really. And let, let's be fair, and, and Corbran had a bit of a, a whinge about this, really, in his press conference. It should have been more than 1-0, if you think of Thomas Asante's header. You know, he should score that. He really should. Or he should at the very least hit the target and it should be 2-0 and game over. No, on another day that could have cost that, I mean, couldn't it? And there, there were other moments, weren't there? Okoye had a similar header, but he was offside. But again, missed it. Um, so I need to be a bit mindful of that, really. And there were other, other moments when they went through. I mentioned Fellows' cross when when uh, Thomas Sante just wasn't there to get on the end of it and Malumbi had a charge through, didn't he, when he had a shot, a uh, bit of a handball claim late on. So it could have been more. Um, and certainly Albion were closer to a second goal than Cardiff were. I just thought um, so resilient and controlled. Really a massive improvement from the first half because pretty even first half, both sides almost as poor in it as each other. But I thought, if anything, Cardiff may have edged the first half, actually. Albin just looked off the ball and Albin's only real first half moment was that counter wasn't it where Sarmiento hit the, hit the post which again came from a Cardiff corner so um, yeah whatever Corran said or you know, tweaked at the break worked a charm and obviously the goal came at a great time five minutes into the second half but maybe not cruise control after the goal but as 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 confident and dominant and controlling as you can be for me yeah a couple more points on tonight before we get on to uh questions and we'll have a little as we said a little bit of a nod forward towards that big game against Leicester when the leaders come to the Hawthorns on Saturday lunchtime um, Thomas Asante we'll move on to that because you just mentioned it there he came on you know probably a lot earlier than Carlos Corran would have yeah. liked to have introduced introduced him I'm sure the decision to leave him on the bench tonight was a sort of resting decision rotating given there's so many games in it yeah Saturday in mind as well yeah short period of time um I thought that we saw some good stuff again from Thomas Asante. I think what the Albion players, when you hear them interviewed, speak about is his run, you know his work off the ball. I think his hold up play in general is really good. Mm -hmm. um, tonight, I thought twice we saw that he's not that player who's got that instinctive knack of of scoring the the easier goals. If you know, we've seen that he can score some spectacular goals. We saw this season. We've seen it against Coventry. You know, even yeah. for, even for the penalty spot, I think against QPR, we saw it. We saw that penalty, which was a, which was a superbly taken spot kick. But we saw tonight the header sort of misjudged the header, and then there was that cross from Fellows where it almost looked like he just mistimed his his run really and didn't read it. And we're sitting here in a travel lodge as journalists. We're not professional footballers. We're not professional <laughs> strikers. But I think we can see that at the moment oh. that's the missing link of his game. And I think if he did have that. Instinctive knack, that strike, you know, that striker's instinct that forwards yeah, always yeah. talk about. I think if he had that, I'm not saying he's the all-round striker because he wouldn't be, but he's gonna be. He'd be a very, very good striker compared to a good striker. Yeah, he's not. Um, he's not hitting the Mackey's drive-through after a midweek game <laughs> no, like like yourself, is no, he? Um, you know, he's he's. Uh, <laughs> it'd have been carrot sticks. Gotta keep this body up somehow, Coxie. Pure, purely carrot sticks. Hard work, you know, like. yeah, hard work. I'm sure. Well, you know, we're we're currently staying at a services as a booking, so you know, no promises. But um yeah, I we were saying, weren't we, that uh, I mean on my opinion is other parts of his game, like hold up play and um easing pressure where he can keep hold of it from defenders and you know, make up space on the pitch. I, I think his level at that is uh, bordering top level quality like you know I think he'd be as good as many Premier League forwards in terms of doing that but there are other parts of his game that still need that that sharpening up and polishing aren't there and that's totally normal and acceptable and expected from a a player who not too long ago just over 12 months was playing in the fourth division you know let's not kid ourselves um the good news is, I mean, we saw tonight Wallace start up top, but the good news is for Thomas Sante, I suppose, is now that Madge is around, all of that burden's not on him. Yeah, he needs to take those moments. Of course he does. You know, he, he wants goals. Um, he needs goals. But at least that burden can be shared a bit. And, you know, with, with any luck, Daryl DK, what, about another month away, potentially? I think that's the aim. So that will be another, all being well touchwood when he's... You know, give it a few weeks, maybe like up to starting. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, and I wouldn't expect Wallace to still be a strike uh, option as a centre forward by then. But you know, just options to ease the pressure on Thomas Asante, because I think that's been a factor 
this season certainly there's been no one else to to share the role mm. with him and that that makes it tough doesn't it when well, you... I think we saw it in that little cameo I don't think you were there at Bristol City when no. Magic got injured but you know, Magic come on for 20 minutes and Thomas Asante looked a completely different player it almost looked like the weight has just dropped off his yeah. shoulders yeah, well... very much short lived but well, I'd like, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see him with with another. I don't, I don't think, don't know how it'd quite fit into formations we've seen this season. But um, yeah, elements, parts of his his game today. He's his all round play superb. That counter attack run back in the first half, Sarmiento at the post um, that came from a Cardiff corner. It doesn't happen if it's not for Thomas Sante winning the battle, winning the race to the ball to start the counter. Then Grady takes it on, runs most of the pitch, but he. Physically, so very capable, isn't he? But it's just the, the, those final moments. At times, let him down, but I think we 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 can accept that. You know, we can take that given what he is, where he's from. But he'll want to improve on those, of course he will. Um, but he he adds a hell of a lot, and now he's part of a squad with other options around him. I think he's going to be invaluable. To be honest, yeah. One final point on the tonight's fantastic result in Cardiff. Now. Goalkeepers generally don't grab the headlines unless they made a string of saves, you know, being sort of battered by the opposition oh, centre forwards. I'm wondering where you're going here. But there was a moment in that game that will probably get looked over, but Alex Palmer made a massive save in yeah, the yeah, yeah, where yeah. it looked like Josh Bowler had basically just moved Cedric Kipburn, I think there was two other defenders yeah. there, just moved them aside. He just waltzed through the middle of them, and it looked for all the world like Bowler was going to, you know, play with real quality Bowler. You know, he was at Blackpool last season. Um, I think on loan from Nottingham Forest, and he looked for all the world like he was going to slot it under Alex Palmer. He's come out, he smothered it. He then gave out a rollick into his defenders mm. for letting him get that far. But that was a massive save, and he's done that a few times yeah, in this yeah. run. You know, we talk. You know, I've, I've called him in the in my uh, my ratings the clean sheet championship clean sheet king at the moment because he has made an awful lot of clean sheets and he's yeah, made an yeah. awful lot of big saves and I don't think that can be overlooked yeah he, he was probably right to have a have a pop at the defence and probably Kipper in the main in that moment because he bowler's good don't get me wrong I'm a, I'm a fan of his but he got through too easy on that occasion and um, but it was Palmer to the rescue that was the only save he had to make but it was a difficult save that was a real one on one chance wasn't it yeah there was a bit of an angle but it looked initially, we were right by it, wasn't it, that he'd just be able to slide, slide it through his legs almost, the way Palmer um, spread himself. Um, just a, a little thing I've noticed here, and I've, probably because I've got a vested interest, but um, for, my, for my money, uh, it, it, he he had a bad game the other day, but Alisson is the best in the world at 1v1 saves. Like You, you, you know he's going to make this save when a player goes through one-on-one. Right, Haaland scored the other day for City, but Palmer gives me similar vibes. The, the technique, the way they sm- spread and smother themselves. When Bowler went through, I actually thought Palmer's saving this. Just I had full confidence in Palmer making that save, which I'm sure his teammates have. You know, Alvin have got nine clean sheets now in 18 games, 50% uh, ahead of Leicester with eight at, at, as we speak at the minute. <laughs> Palmer as an individual, as a keeper, has obviously all nine. The next highest individual goalie has six. Leicester have swapped around their keeper, obviously. You know, nine to six. Uh, he is the championship clean sheet king, very much so. And he does give me, um, like, he's got so much to, he's a big imposing figure, isn't he, Palmer? And he's good aerially. He has been good aerially this season, but I think he absolutely excels in those 1v1 moments. And his improvement in levels from the start of the season, which he spoke about a couple of weeks ago when we interviewed him, didn't he? Is, is a major player. As well as a defence, but a major player in the in the in the clean sheet return, um, he's playing at his top level now, and he's you know, for my money. I don't know if he's, if there's a better championship keeper, then show me him because I'm not sure. But he does. I obviously I watch quite a bit of of Allison and Liverpool, and he, I do see similarities. And that's not to say I think Alex Palmer's. You know, maybe one day when Albion, if when Albion gets into the Premier League, he can shine in the Premier League. I, That's I, definitely what you're definitely saying. That Alex Palmer's a better goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna clip that one off. Yeah, right? yeah. absolutely. Um, Headlines tomorrow. Look, who are we to say that if Albion got to the Premier League and Alex Palmer became, you know, and, and continued as regular number one and shone at the top division, he could go on. He's a good age for a keeper. But I, I see, I see traits. You know, and I, I just think I. I I didn't doubt he'd make that save and what a quality that is to having a keeper. Um, the clean sheet record's unbelievable, isn't it? It's absolutely amazing. Uh, four in six, I think. And 
those those nine clean sheets I mentioned that Albion have got in the eighteen league games, it's nine in thirteen because obviously they gave a po mm. they couldn't keep one at the start of the season. Could they five games? They couldn't stop letting in goals. Couldn't keep a clean sheet. Now it's nine in thirteen, which I mean, wow, that's a crazy stat. I think, isn't it? Yeah. And highly impressive. Very impressive indeed. Hope Alex Palmer listens to this. It'll give him a, a <laughs> bigger confidence boost there from Coxie. Um, shout out. Well, what, what I'm here for. <laughs> shout out for our sponsor. We mentioned them at the top of the uh, top of the podcast. But the Kettle and Toaster Man, uh, this podcast and all our podcasts here at the Express and Star are brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man, the place to go and get your graded products. They've got everything in that warehouse. I mentioned a few uh, few months ago, I went and paid the Kettle and Toaster Man a visit and they've got some fantastic products in there. As we've been uh, we've been talking about in recent weeks, it's a it's, it's a pretty cold at the moment. It's a cold snap. I think between us we've probably got ten layers on tonight, Cox. We could have done with one of these. We could have done with a Beldre halogen heater. Um, they're only twenty quid. We should have we should have got one. We should have We need to get one of these and we? take it up and yeah. down the country and like sort of almost like have it on show I tell you what we could have plugged that in tonight in the in the uh, in the press box could be one of them little heaters that so we could have put it in the middle it could have turned probably burnt our legs probably we need uh, to head home tomorrow via Briley Hill yeah uh, and visit the Ketland Testament and purchase one of these halogen heaters uh, because it sounds like exactly what we yeah, need. That would have uh, that would have gone down a treat tonight. But they've got plenty of other products there, loads of heating products. They've got everything, you know, like you said, kettles, toasters, the lot in there. So if you want to get your hands on any of their fantastic products at fantastic prices, head to the kettle and toaster man. .co.uk if you want to go in store. They're on Thorns Road over in Briley Hill. Right, Baggies fans. And um, this podcast can be a little bit shorter than usual tonight. Um, but we've got some questions for you. Um, all Albion fans. Um, it's a bit of bit, bit of, of tongue in cheek. Bit of tongue in cheek. This one. Uh, all Albion fans. I know Alex Palmer sometimes brings a water bottle onto the pitch. What are the rules regarding him potentially bringing a deck chair or a good book going forwards? So he's got something to do. Well, he had one thing to do tonight and a couple of crosses. But yeah, there's uh, there's times where uh, where I'm sure he could uh, nip to the shop for a paper. Or I'd uh, yeah yeah. I'd I'd wager that he should probably you know pay some kind of attention on Saturday. I feel like he may have to make a save or two on Saturday, which you know. Leicester might pose a threat, you know, Vardy and Co. But, but let's see. Yeah, Andy Dickens has got in touch with the question: how How much do we need in a whip round to make sure we can get to the end of the season without having to break up the band? And will you and Coxie give up your service station Mackies to add extra donations? Oh, absolutely! And that'll be a it'll be a, it'll be an awful lot in that fund, to be honest. Certainly from my end, anyway. Like we said, it takes a lot of work to keep up a body like this. Yeah, I but, showed yeah. some real sort of. So determination tonight in, in Yeah, but we will add that I? we're sitting here now. Coxie's basically bought about forty quid's worth of stuff from Asda, <laughs> which he's been scoffing all night. Um, so that's that's the reason why. But yeah, I'm sure that fund would be quite large. Thanks for your your question. Uh, Tonky Towers has got in touch. How special is Carlos Corbram? Well, we've only got about another 15, 20 minutes on this podcast and we could be here for about a, another four hours. I'm a hours. fan of the short and concise yes, question. Absolutely. Tonky. What is that? Five words. Yeah. Um, so I will replicate that and answer with one and say very very special indeed perhaps we should leave that question till last do you think we, Johnny yeah? we shall we shall we'll come to that one last uh, Jess Aykroyd's got in touch with a really good question do you think we'll have to extend Carlos Gorbrand's contract again to put off anyone watching that's a really good point I yeah, think he signed I'm trying to, to think of what the extension I was I think he signed until 2025 or 2026 I want to say if I'm very wrong on that, I do apologise. I got a funny I, I had, without looking it up. I mean, you can have a look up now, Johnny. I, I wondered if his original was 26 and he extended it to 27 off the top of my head. Um, either way, it's significant, significant um, length on it, as far as I'm aware. And clearly, when he would have um, extended that, you know, improved terms, imp- you know, safety net financially for Albion, if and you know when. He- any clubs coming for him if that happens? Yeah, so we signed a new deal in February, um, taking him to the summer of 2027. Yeah, that so he's still got you know a long time to run on that deal. Yeah, I don't know if it was an extra year or an extra two years. I'm just trying to remember. Um, yeah, but at the end of 2027, which is you know it's, it's a really healthy position for Albin, isn't it? Um, and I think we're trying to think when when Leeds were sort of sniffing around beginning of this year. Suggestion was. It was in the region of two, three million to get him out of the Hawthorns, wasn't it? Before the the improved contract, so look, I it's no secret, is he? Is it? I don't think um, he's he's Albion's best asset, Carlos Corbran, by 
I would I would say by a country mile, and I think he's to thank for a lot of this. Um, to thank for uh, what the squad, maybe not the squad is put together, but where he's been able to lift Alby into the spirit, the tactical now, resilience. Um, I mean, look, he took over a side in the drop zone, and here we are, a little over twelve months later. So kudos to him. But it's a good point from Jess. I just don't think. Um, Maybe not quite at look, the moment. Yeah, if 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 his contract was twenty twenty five, say, and it was what under two years left, it's a, a different story, isn't it? But <laughs> um, yeah, maybe let's let's try and let's try and get into the spring, and then hopefully towards the the end of the season with everything still in place in terms of the position in the table, what Albion could achieve. Um, but of course, we all know, you know, this is all caveated and I mentioned it at the top of the show and we'll get onto it in a sec. The whole, whole situation off the field remains unclear and yeah. So there's a lot to consider, isn't there? A lot to consider and we'll get onto it in a second. Yeah, Clint McCormick's got in touch. This is the first time in your life that Jamie Vardy has come to the Hawthorns <laughs> and you don't think he will score. I absolutely think he will score, but I just think West Brom will score more. Jamie Vardy always scores against West Brom. Um, 2-1 Albion, Vard, Vardy against. I've still got bad memories of I was sat in the Birmingham Road end and I remember it was I think it was Jeff Astle day and he was doing all the his celebrations and shushing the Albion fans I'm sure he'll probably do that if he does bag again on Saturday But so I wouldn't bet against him scoring but I would also not bet against Albion upsetting the apple cart which we'll come on and talk about in a second great test for Bartley and Kipra who couldn't be absolutely. playing better at the minute really. absolutely that's going to be a fantastic fascinating matchup. Uh, Ben C91 says does Jeremy uh, sorry does Sarmiento start over Grady against Leicester as Philip surely comes back in there's going to be some headaches isn't there for Carlos we've obviously got to wait now on the on the Wallace news um, yeah. I imagine Phillips will come back in um, if Wallace is fit I imagine he will play on the right but then you've got the question of Swift I, comes in, you've got Grady. I don't think Samian will start on, on, on Saturday. Mm, I can see why you say that. I mean, I, I, I'd be also surprised if well, Wallace, Wallace is fit. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be surprised if Also, he's I think we've talked about it and uh, the players have talked about it. You know, you can have two or three good games, maybe not even just one. Um, and you're not guaranteed to start. You look at their midfield pair, mm. you know, you look how well Chalabam, Yukushlu and, and Moa have been playing and... You know, they're not yep. always, I know Chalabas coming back from an injury but there has been times when they've been left out so mm. I think it's a really tough decision I just I find it hard to leave, to, to leave Grady out I thought tonight the chance I think he, he underlined his quality tonight not just by carrying the ball forward for that chance that, that Sarmiento had but it come off the post but he made a pass which would it would have been so much easier to play probably two one or two other people through whereas he he waited and he waited and he waited to just the right moment. Yeah. It was similar to the you know the similar thought process I imagine behind the call on Saturday where he's yeah. waited and waited and waited and he just rolled it across. He just rolled that pass tonight, and I think he's banging for him. I just yeah. I struggle to see how you leave Grady out, mm. but then I struggle to see how you leave Swift out because he's your main creator and now he started a game tonight. It's tough. I I agree with you in that. Oh, I think Phillips starts, doesn't he? I think Phillips. Has been so good. Clearly rested tonight. Here's the first league game he hasn't started tonight. O- only he and Palmer had started every yeah. league game before uh, before Cardiff. Well, last night as it is now. Um, here's one just very very quickly for you on that um, sort of expansion of that. You, do you see a world, or would you be tempted um, to? Look, don't get me wrong. The back four is going wonderfully, isn't it? And it's worked brilliantly in these run of results. But as it's Leicester and the threat they offer. Could do you see a world where perhaps a back three and wing backs with Phillips to allow potentially you know potentially yeah he could do that but then I think if that's the case Phillips will probably go to left wing back and and Furlong as right wing back because when Albion have adopted yeah yeah yeah, yeah. adopted a five that tends to be the 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 personnel they choose in those positions I just think you know it's headaches but it's headaches you'd rather have than well I just I just think with with it perhaps you know I mean I I don't want to go through the whole side but. Sarmiento could be there in front of, um, in front of Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. Uh, you know, if Wallace doesn't make it, then perhaps Grady the other side and 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 Swift involved some, somehow cram them all in. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, perhaps. But I, it'd be a brave call to come away from the shape that's um, that's going so well. However, Carlos, you know, we have often we use the phrase horses for courses. He'll look at what Leicester make work. What 
has worked against Leicester for opposition that have done well. He'll obviously watch Leicester at Hillsborough tomorrow night, Chef Wednesday. Um, he told me that he's going to watch that from the comfort of his home tomorrow night rather than travel to, to Sheffield. Um, just because he says he enjoys to watch it on the telly where he's able to pause, rewind, you know, bring up, other, bring up other games yeah. on his little device, no doubt. These managers um, are missing a trip. By well, I, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wondered if he'd fancy a little little drive up there, but to be honest, it's probably warmer in the Corbrand living room, isn't it, than... Than in Yorkshire. I imagine. I reckon he's got a log burner, Carlos. Uh, yeah, I he's probably got a nice little. Log I don't burner. imagine he. I don't imagine. <laughs> I was about to say I don't imagine he worries about putting the heating on, but that's a <laughs> that's a weird thing to say, isn't it? Um, we we were looking for the heater in this uh, rather chilly hotel. Room, well, I turned know. up in my travel lodge room before, and the windows were open. Yes. At about five o'clock, it's absolutely freezing. Anyway, we digress. We've got uh, an important question to ask, which is the final one, which comes from Reuben Thompson. Great result is still overshadowed by the off-field news. Is there any chance someone from the club will talk to you about the loan or any advancement on the takeover and why the announcement was so short and pathetic regarding the new loan? So just a bit of um, background, <coughs> I'm sure, you know, Albion fans listening to this podcast will be aware. The news that the MSD loan, the £20 million loan that was taken out, um, has been increased. We don't know by how much, but we understand it is significantly less than the uh, the original amount that was taken out. We know that this is um, well. It was a very short statement that come. Uh, you know, I'm not going to call it pathetic because I don't think it was no. pathetic, but it was a short statement. Um, just in terms of what we, you know, we explained on the video what we know in terms of this. You know that there are ongoing talks still with parties regarding the takeover. Um, and this is to to help Albion, you know, as almost like a top up to to what had already been borrowed from MSD. And I think there's not an awful lot we can say. And I'm sure Ruben, you know, when listening to this, will be sort of tearing his hair out. But as we understood it, when the first loan was taken out, a lot of all that is I don't know if they're just covered by non disclosure agreements, but they're also covered by agreements because it's a a financial, you know, they're a they're a a lending loan company. A lot mm. of these deals are covered by whatever they are with you know contracts things that are signed also the advancement on the takeover i am from what we've understand previously that you know interested parties like we've said very interested parties that are genuinely interested a lot of that is covered by non-disclosure agreement. yeah i mean what i would say i i don't i think it was it was good that there was a statement about this and that it wasn't sort of attempted to be brushed under the carpet um, I, I from from what I gather from what I've heard, I haven't seen it myself today as I haven't had the opportunity. But um, I believe it's published on Company's House. Uh, this this uh, new advance. So you know, I dare say it wouldn't have stayed secret anyway, because obviously that's open mm-hmm. and available to the public. Yeah. But yeah, at least the club addressed it in in time. That's a you know, I'd like to think that's the right thing to do, and they handled that. I think yeah, obviously it was a short statement, but I think you know, concise and to the point. Really, I think it. <laughs> I was going to say it said everything it needed to and maybe fans listening would say, well, it, it didn't tell us enough, but it's clearly a very um, fluid moment for the club where your talks are happening regularly, if not daily, then certainly several times a week and things can change. Things are, I dare say, in the air and still to be agreed. Um, when it comes to having interviews with high-ranking club personnel about, you know, for, 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 for quotes on record about this new loan and certainly the takeover. We're, we're sort of so far down the road now when it regards to takeover that, I mean, you, you're very right to mention the NDAs. That people are at liberty to what they can say, you know. I mean, I'm not just talking on the record in quotes, even like off the record, you know, if you've signed an NDA, you can't. You can't disclose things clearly. Um, so yeah, it's 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 unlikely and not really feasible to to hold a, an interview about it because you know, we just want to ask about where the takeover is, what's going on, is the loan going to run out, all, all of these personal questions that the fans want answering, but nobody will be able to give answers because of these these NDAs, as you say. Um, yeah. I, I get what Ruben's saying, you know, we want, we want to hear more information and it would be, like you said, in an ideal world, it would be yeah. useful if, if Mark Miles, it would be useful if Ken, it would be useful if Gouge and Lai, you know, any of those three, you know, obviously two of them would not... But they can't speak about it, can they? Yeah. With NDAs, they can't speak They can't, 
but I think what he's saying as well in terms of one of those speaking about more on the on the low know, yes we can't maybe talk about you know nailed on interest rates and stuff like that but in an ideal world you know I'm not saying Albion will do this or won't do this but come out and, and, and speak about you know why this extra loan has been taken out yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I get the point that Ruben's yeah. making on no that. I don't disagree I mean, there that. are reasons why they won't but I get the point that he's making that that would offer a bit more a bit more clarity I suppose yeah I think um, you know as, as we wrote in our report yesterday that the um, as it was spelled out to me um, this advance is to tide the club over until the takeover happens now um that's that's the the best case scenario, isn't it? That um, that that can happen, and that you know, in terms of negotiations with the, from what I understand and led to believe is the um, main prospective in, interested party um, are, are ongoing and are advancing, and from everything that I hear, in an an okay place, in a positive place. Um, I think I think you know cards are on the table in 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 these negotiations. The prospective buyers would have full understanding of the club's finances. It wouldn't have just dropped on the Monday morning, you know, an email from Albion. Oh, by the way, we just Borrowed we just took a load, a load of uh, a load of dough from MSD because the twenty millions run out. I'm not saying it has, but you know, you know clearly more was needed. You know, they'd been fully abreast that. Oh, by the way. November heading into December, like we're gonna to have to do something here. Um, they have been aware of that, um, clearly. So, look, I don't, I don't think this this situation necessarily makes negotiations easier or what Gao Chan Lai demands. You know, that probably offers less clarity because it's increased debt, isn't it? And more for the new ownership to take on regards repayments and yeah, murky and uh, and muddy and not easy. But it's uh, someone put it to me earlier, and I think it's a good way of putting it. And we, we said it when the twenty million was taken out. What nearly twelve months ago? It, it's a phrase, I think, kind of fits, like a glove. Really, it's the least, least worst option, isn't it? Really, um, it's not good. No loans are good. It's a, it's a, like if it continued to happen, it's a rabbit hole that you you wouldn't be able to get out of really without investment or. A, take over at the end uh, I, I think it's, it's it's very clear to people that I've been speaking to um, that have some sort of idea about it that come the end of this period the the finances they've, they've received here there needs to be an end a means to an end there needs to be a takeover you can't keep continue I mean I said yesterday on the video I'm no expert in you know these finances but I you can't keep going Asking for more, can you without any, you know, guarantee of repayments? Like, uh, you know, it just doesn't work like that, and you just you're just gonna end one way, and that's a way that none of us dare thinking about. But you kind of have to have it in the back of your mind because it is the harsh and brutal reality. If things don't turn out as we all desire, now, the everything I've seen post yesterday morning, Monday morning's news about the new loan is is a call for sort of calm about it and regards negotiations for the takeover not nothing's changed as a result of this as i say everybody involved in negotiations would have been privy to this um so we just have to kind of remain we are where we are the process continues the talks continue and we have to remain hopeful that those involved can agree a strike a deal and I remain hopeful and confident. From from, from what I, uh, the people I speak to and what I hear, there there seems to be a, you know, a confidence and an optimism, a quiet confidence and optimism that things are, are on track. So I think that's the best thing we can take from it. But it's, is it, no one's. I said someone yesterday on social media. No one's uh, liking or happy with this or pretending it's good news. You know, it's just it's a necessary means, isn't it? What what's the alternative at the moment? Yeah, any other business that's struggling with cash flow or whatever. I don't know, well, you, you go to your your people at the top or shareholders or whatever for more finance, investment, and just Albion don't have it. They have no other means other than a third-party lender, do they? So it's a necessary evil at the minute, unfortunately. And um, hopefully in an, in an ideal world, it needs to be the last the last time this necessary evil is you know has to be turned to because it needs to be 
solved. No. You know, it needs to be solved in 2024, uh, at the start, near the start of 2024. It needs to come out of the other side of it. Yeah, I think you've summed that up really well. Ruben, thanks for your question. Really appreciate that and some, and some good points that you've made there. Um, and all our Albion fans, thank you very much for your questions. Coxie, we're going to wrap up in about a minute's time, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Go on. Can Albion make it nine out of nine? <laughs> can they beat Leicester? I, th- I genuinely yes. think that they can. And I genuinely think that they... I'm I'm pretty sure that they were going to beat Leicester on Saturday wow. because I've they're so strong at home, you know. Leicester's bubble's got to not burst, but you know it's got to be someone's got to try and burst it. it at here's some a quick point. one for you for today in uh, Tuesday's Express and Star. I actually went away win for for Cardiff, which is very you know very optimistic for me, isn't it? And here's one for you quickly. I turn the tables right back on you. Uh, I will give you an answer. Um, if I offered you a point on Saturday here and now, would you take it? Oh, I'd snap your hand off. Interesting. Okay. But then I do think Albion have got it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, I'd probably agree and snap yeah. your hand off. And I think privately, Corgram would too. Yeah. Uh, but, he wouldn't tell you, but he, yeah, he would. Yeah. But Albion at home under Carlos. Yeah, supreme, aren't they? And uh, is it fair to say this is the biggest Hawthorne's test of Corgram's reign? Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, you wouldn't bet, I said it at the top, didn't I? You wouldn't bet against Albion. Hey. Against anyone at the minute, no. but certainly at home. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Certainly at home. And I, I look, if it's nil nil or one one, I think we all come away pretty pleased. Yeah. Certainly with seven from nine, Christ. But individually, as a one off against Leicester, it's a, it's a good result. It's a good yeah. point. Um, I mean, we're in dreamland with a win on Saturday, aren't we? Let's be honest. Uh, look, we might go into Saturday third, might go into Saturday fourth, might go into Saturday fifth. If it's fifth, so be it. Um, we don't know how Southampton and Leeds are going to get on Wednesday night. But it's it's got a feeling of a really big game on Saturday, hasn't it? Early kickoff is a a little bit of a shame, I think. I'm not a great fan of early kickoffs. Uh, we're all still wanna be in bed. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. They're they're a bit more sleepy, aren't they? The twelve thirties. Um, yeah. Folk have had less chance yeah. to be in the pub, Johnny. This is the yeah, problem. Maybe. Fewer drinks maybe. flowing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from with a slight fancy in a valve. It'll be a great occasion and I hope it's a great crowd and a great atmosphere like against Ipswich. Yeah, I think it will be indeed. Two big tests, back-to-back Saturdays. Albion have come through their two tests this week with flying colours. Can they make it three out of three? We certainly hope so. Baggies fans, thank you very much for listening as always. We'll be back uh, next week where hopefully we are reflecting on it. A win over the Foxes, but it was a win uh, yesterday, just in uh, in Cardiff, with a bit of magic from Sarmiento. So, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, from me and Coxie in a travel lodge off the M4. Boing boing, boing boing.